1: And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our co-host and producer Elaine Harlan. Uh, great to have you with us while you're listening around the world. And Elaine, uh, tonight we, we've tracked many, many years with uh, this very, very special ministry in the mm-hmm. Central Valley, right. Prodigal Sons and Daughters. And uh, uh, some new faces we're going to introduce you to tonight, and we'll get to them in just a couple of minutes. Hope you had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving weekend, yes. and uh, we look so much forward to joining you here in the Advent season. And, and by the way, those of you who uh, may be in the area, we have the privilege of being able to uh, to worship at Lakewood Memorial Park. And this is uh, just a, a great thing that we do every year, and we celebrate with those who have had loved ones uh, who have passed away over the past year. It's just a wonderful thing that Lakewood does. It's a celebration of light, celebration of hope. And uh, if you're in the area, we invite you to join us. That's coming up uh, this Sunday at 2 o'clock at uh, Lakewood Memorial Park. Great time to honor those mm-hmm. whose loved ones have, have uh, passed away during the past year and great way also to uh, to serve the community. Well, let's get right to it. Check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What
0: will people think when they hear
2: that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's
3: true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with another story of a
4: Jesus freak from the Voice of the Martyrs. In Ho Chi Minh City, at last report, Pastor T had been taken to an undisclosed location, His wife last spoke to him through the back door of the police station in the Bintron district. He called out, I'm here. They've brutally beaten me. My jaw and hand are broken, and they've shackled my legs and hands. I'm very tired and am in pain. Later, she saw him being taken away by car. The report from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada also reveals that Pastor T's house was raided by authorities. For details and for specific prayer requests from Vietnam, go online to persecution.com.
1: You know, we thank Voice of the Martyrs for helping give us that perspective every week. You know, we're, we're so blessed here with the freedoms that we have right now as we gather live. And those of you who may be, uh, listening a, a little bit later on the rebroadcast, you know, we, we really don't live in fear that we're going to get arrested here for doing what we do. But there are places in the world now where our brothers and sisters in Christ are being jailed, persecuted, beaten, and sometimes executed, uh, for simple things like just being a pastor or gathering together for a prayer meeting. So we encourage you uh, to address that in two levels. One is to remember our brothers and sisters uh, in prayer around the world who are being persecuted. But also, it's important to remember to to put our own lives into perspective. You know, so many times uh, in... in in churches today, you know, we're worried about what color the carpet's going to be or what color we're going to paint the, the worship center. And, you, you know, what's, what's heavy on Christ's heart is what we're going to be talking about tonight. And it's just a reminder uh, to, to put our priorities in place and keep our perspective uh, because there are hurting people. The need to see Jesus and experience him with, with skin on, so to speak. And you may be that vehicle. And uh, we'll be talking about that tonight as we uh, visit with prodigal sons and daughters in just a couple of minutes.
0: Amen. Let's uh, check out some opportunities for you at the Volunteer Center of the United Way, the City of Modesto's annual Celebration of Lights Parade in downtown Modesto. This coming Saturday night, thousands, Mike, thousands of spectators are going to be lined up on the streets of Modesto, and we're going to be there.
1: And it should be pretty good weather this year. A L- little on the chilly side, but no rain or anything, I don't think. A little fog,
0: year. maybe? You think the fog's going to be Yeah,
1: maybe not until later. But our lights
0: will be bright enough. Watch for the
1: ABC fire engine. Yeah, what is it? 1960 American France with a Detroit engine. It's that guy thing. Yeah, that'll be
0: going for sure it'll be all lit up and uh, we'll be having some fun out there for sure. Volunteers are needed, by the way, about 70 volunteers is what they need to help out with the parade setup up and the placement of the floats and staging area, all those kinds of things, security barricades and road closures, and you got to be 18 years of age and able to stand up for long periods of time, about 1.30 to 8.30, so uh, we'll give you a number here to call if you want to check that out. you got to act on it because it's Saturday coming up. Also, the Modest Spirit of Giving 5K Run, Walk and Ride, the second annual event co-sponsored by the Shadow Chase Running Club. It's a multifaceted event for the whole family, offering a free kids' fun run, fun run, I should say. Chase the Grinch out of Modesto. <laughs> it's a 5K run, walk, or a 12-mile bike ride through beautiful downtown Modesto. A great raffle prize uh, at the end, a visit from Santa, and much, much more. Uh, earn raffle tickets by donating canned or non-perishable food items for a chance to win great prizes. Uh, participants uh, may pre-registered online uh, at Shadow Chase Office in Modesto or at the event Proceeds benefit the city of Modesto local scholarship program for low-income children, seniors, and disabled citizens, uh, and the Modesto area food banks. So uh, working in pairs, volunteers ages 18 years and up are needed to assist with the setup from 6 to 9 a.m., and you can act as course marshals to direct participants and staff barricades from 6.30 to 9 and help out with the cleanup from 10 to noon. So that would be a cool thing to be a part of. And the folks in Houston have it together at the Community Christian Service Center, making holiday season special for needy children and adults. Uh, Volunteers are needed to help with collecting donations and goods, wrapping gifts, uh, packing and delivering baskets. Uh, Volunteer scheduling is uh, available to prepare uh, baskets, flexible uh, schedules, I should say, December 12th through the 17th at St. Anthony's Church uh, on Saturday, December 18th to deliver baskets and to uh, private residents throughout Houston and the surrounding communities. you got to be at least 12 years of age to prepare baskets and 18 years and older with a valid California driver's license, proof of insurance, and a large vehicle or truck to deliver baskets, uh, monetary donations and canned goods, non-perishable food items, uh, unwrapped toys and gifts for children and teens, blankets, Warm clothing and toiletries are very much in need. Uh, School supplies, those are big items. Gift cards and gift wrap uh, are especially needed and appreciated. So that would also be a very uh, good and worthwhile thing to check out. And if you're tired of shopping and dropping, you can always join the Modesto Blind Bowlers And be a pin spotter for that. Uh, We have such a good friend who Mm. gets involved with this. Heard from Marty Lancer today. Uh, The Modesto Blind Bowlers, a league of vision-impaired bowlers, sanctioned by the American Blind Bowlers Association, uh, volunteers ages 14 years uh, and older, advise the bowlers simply of the number uh, and order of pins left standing and uh, the order in which you throw and keep track of the game score. And they meet on Saturdays, and they go until the end of April long uh, term, and uh, they bowl from 11.30 till 2 in the afternoon at the McHenry Bowl, and training is provided. The Modesto Blind Bowlers promotes the sport, the sport of uh, blind bowling and partnership opportunities for both vision-impaired and sighted individuals. Just a great activity, and opportunity for you to connect and meet and bond. It's a beautiful thing. So you want to get involved with any of these activities, call Barbara Borba. She can be reached at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, that's 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her at bborba.uastand.org and uh, we have a single mom of two boys starting over after taking some different uh, paths in life and she's chosen some uh, straight straighter pathways and it hasn't been a smooth one as you might uh, imagine and they are in real need of a double uh, or a queen bed and a dresser is a biggie for them. Dishes and all matter of uh, kitchen utensils are needed. Bedding, and we're talking blankets for some warmth for them. Sheets, linens, uh, and the boys need to bathe, and, and they need uh, some clothing too, sizes 8 and 14. So if you can help, uh, give us a call here at 209-544-9571. That's 544-9571 and a 209 uh, area code on that, and we'll connect them.
1: And just a reminder, friends, you can also check out new opportunities to serve online at our website, vibrantcommunities.org. That's www.vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red flashy dude thing, Look, icon, whatever it is, flashing. <laughs> or f- click on that little dude there, and it'll take you right to our uh, daily update page, which uh, Elaine updates a couple times a day. And also, if you're on Facebook, you can also follow us there. And it's uh, facebook.com backslash advancing vibrant communities. And I'm also a twit, or a tweet. I can't remember how that goes. <laughs> Did you but, say and, you
0: are a
1: twit? No. Yeah, no. Do something <laughs> okay. along that order. Anyway, uh, we also do that. And uh, in our spare time, we <laughs> do Lighthouse life. Spare lives. time? So, what the heck? Okay. Yeah, so anyway, a couple ways to, to connect us. And, and again, friends, especially at this uh, Christmas season, just a reminder as you're donating things whether they be, you know, beds or clothing, uh, appliances, whatever, just remember uh, if 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 you're donating it or if this was being donated to you and Jesus showed up at your door with what you're going to donate, think of the condition of the item that he would give to you. He would give you his best, wouldn't yes. he? And so if you're donating items, please make sure that they are clean and in working order because you are representing Christ when you Donate that to someone in need. So, just a reminder, uh, you know, to to do that, and and uh, it'll be a tremendous blessing, uh, especially at this uh, at this Christmas time.
0: You know, it's been a while, Mike, since Prodigal Sons and Daughters uh, has been to Lighthouse Live, and we were talking with Mike Hipton uh, just before going on, on air. And it's been what seven years, Mike, since yes. you you were with us. But uh, and he's just, coming uh, back for more. Uh, That's more amazing, abuse, thing, I isn't? tell you. <laughs> but we just want to extend a hearty, warm welcome tonight to Mike Hipton and. And Dennis Sagmiller and uh, a couple of ladies they brought uh, with them tonight. Joy and Kay. We just want to welcome all of you back to Lighthouse Live. It's just a thrill to have you all join us here tonight. So glad to have you, and and uh, so thanks. Yay. Thank you. I know that uh, a lot of changes have gone on within Prodigal Sons and Daughters since uh, the last few years. How long has it been since we've seen Ken and Jane and and Zach? It's been been a while.
5: Yeah, was, Zach was here last year, and, and Ken and Jane. It's been three years now. Mm, since they've Wow!
1: Been. And uh, Mike, you're you're now the acting director of uh, Prodigal am, Sons so, and
5: Daughters. So it's a lot different than when I was here seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. I was here Seven years ago is when I was first introduced to Prodigal Sons and Daughters, and and now uh, have grown, so to speak. Amen. You and
0: Dennis are drug and alcohol counselors, and that's what you specialize in and tell the world what you do at prodigal sons and daughters
5: <laughs> well uh we basically try to reintroduce people with christ you know and that is removing the things that separate us from him and and drugs and alcohol are a, a, a key thing that that uh, people turn to instead of christ that um we work on uh, getting out of the lives and getting that relationship back and we do that with um groups um with uh the social model groups that are similar to AA, but Christ-centered. Mm. Um, we do that with one-on-one counseling. Um, we offer a crisis counseling um, and interventions, um, family support, um, young persons, uh, gender-specific groups. So we got a lot going on these days.
1: You know, let me, uh, and, and, Elaine was, was looking at this a, l- a little bit before we started the program tonight. Um, you know, King Solomon had, had something to say about really the destructive power of addictions, regardless of what kind of addiction it is, you know, and, uh, so I, I want to read just a, a, a brief, uh, Passage here uh, from Eugene Peterson's version uh, called The Message in in, uh, Proverbs 23, uh, the ending uh, paragraph there. And then also just a a smidgen from um, Proverbs uh, 24 as well. He writes, Do you really prefer seeing double with your speech all slurred, reeling and seasick, drunk as a sailor? They hit me, you'll say, but it didn't hurt. They beat on me, but I didn't feel a thing. When I'm sober enough to it, manage it, bring me another drink. And so you know there's there's the setup for the crisis, but then Solomon also says, "Rescue the perishing. Don't hesitate to step in and help. If you say, "Hey, that's none of my business." Will that get you off the hook? Someone is watching you closely, you know someone not impressed with weak excuses. Mm. you know so I think the issue is uh, on on one hand we have the destructive nature of of addictions, but on the other, you know there 's a call that Jesus makes that if we 're available and and God has equipped us that we need to answer that call and and step in so uh, and and we 'll get the stories here in just a moment mike let 's start with you as the acting director what 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 did god do to to call you and to impress upon your heart hey i've got to be part of prodigal sons and daughters and and this is what this is what i'm called to do how how did he do that with you
5: well it was um yeah over over seven years ago when um I was lost definitely in drug addiction and gambling addiction um and uh i uh found myself hurting and um and, and I got a call from a guy who, um, told me about prodigal sons and daughters. And, um, even at that time, I, um, God is something I denied, um, honestly. And, um, so, uh, I, I, it, I boldly admitted then and sheepishly admit now, <laughs> but, um, so, um, I met, uh, Ken and, uh, you know, he, um, he helped guide me in my early days of just trying to stay clean one day at a time. Mm. And, um, I soon found that, um, there was a bigger purpose for me in this life and God, God called me for a bigger purpose. And that was to, um, uh, to give instead of take, I, I took so much from the world and took so much, um, but didn't get, didn't get that feeling. Didn't get that happiness. Didn't get that, um, you know, what we all look for to fill in that hole, so to speak. So um, it wasn't until, um, um, you know, I I had to get some clean time before I uh, recognized that.
0: Mike, in the recovery world, we talk about dual addictions. Now, Mm -hmm. you just mentioned the gambling aspect for you. Um, With alcoholics and addicts, can you kind of unpack the dual addiction concept for those who in the audience who, who may be listening that might not understand that 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 concept. sure
5: you bet and so dual addiction or, or it also could be tr- transference or, or co-occurring um, it, and it's basically as we turn to something that makes us feel good and whether it's meth heroin, alcohol uh, sex or gambling or shopping um, it's looking for that answer somewhere besides Christ and um, so it can, if if we don't deal with with all of them they they typically uh, will rear their head at one point or the other, and we often as we work through our recovery process, um other issues will come up that that we need to deal with it with, with, if you want to call it idolizing or um or you know turning to something else
0: we're filling that hole with something
5: you bet
1: okay. the the process of self medication doesn't yield great results, does it? It does not. Hmm.
5: It, it's it, it, it. You have to do it again the next day.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk to uh, uh, some of our uh, guests now. Uh, uh, Joy and and you've you've actually Joy's right at home here. Joy, yes, Joy Joy's yes. been in radio for a while, and and uh, great great to have you yes. with us. Joy, how, how did you get connected with Prodigal Sons and Daughters, and and how did how has that impacted your life?
3: Well, I am from the Midwest, from Nebraska, and I I got a DUI there. And I informed my family, my dad's a minister, my brother's a minister, and, you know, told them that I got a DUI, and they had no idea that I drank a lot and all the time. And uh, they said that if I moved out to California for three months and got counseling and attended this place called Prodigal Sons and Daughters, I could live rent-free and wouldn't have to work, just work on my recovery, and all I had to do was admit that I was an alcoholic. And I was like live in California for free. I'm an <laughs> alcoholic. Not a problem. <laughs> so I, I fly out here, and as uh, soon as I got off the plane, I met with Dennis and Jane and Zach. And uh, they just kind of took, you know, asked me a bunch of questions about, you know, how often did I drink? Did I black out? You know, all these things. I'm like, why are they ask me these, these questions? This is ridiculous. <laughs> so I started meetings right away, and once I was in meetings and I heard other people share, I'm like, holy cow, I am an alcoholic. I have a problem. I, I just thought that was normal life. It was okay to do that. So, yeah, just went to meetings and meetings and meetings and counseling and just um. like once I became clean, then I could start a personal relationship with God and mm. how much he's transformed my heart is just absolutely amazing. And so it's cool to be his child again and wow. to be loved by him.
1: Yeah, what a, what a great story, and, and I think there's, there's an added dimension here we need to talk about a, a little bit, and that is um, being in, in what might can be considered a, a great environment. You say your dad's a, a minister, and, and mm-hmm. your brother as well? Yes. Okay. Nobody's immune. No, no, no family uh, is immune. Mm. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that and, and uh, how we have to be real about life, uh, even though we may think that we're maybe exempt from, from certain things.
3: Yeah, I think that's how I got away with it for so long, mm. because I did put that mask on of, I'm the preacher's daughter, I'm good, I'm going to look this certain way for you in church, in Sunday school, and then on the weekends, I'm going to go out and party, because mm. they don't expect it from me. It's
0: really no respecter of persons, is it? What was that? Alcoholism. Oh, no yeah. respecter of persons. Yeah.
1: So now, how did how did your your dad being in Wisconsin, right? Nebraska. No, I'm sorry, Nebraska. <laughs> being in Nebraska, I'm getting the football thing yeah. in my head. Oh, so why you got to bring <laughs> yeah, that up? <laughs> I'm your not going to go no, there. No. But uh-huh. uh, being there, uh, how, how did your your dad know about prodigal sons and daughters in California?
3: My brother lives in Turlock. Oh, okay, and, all right, great. Bingo. Yeah. So, so there he, was a connection there. Yeah, he knew about prodigals. So, so. A, a
1: good God connection there for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what, what uh, talk about some of the, the turning points that, that you had as, as you kind of got off the plane and you're thinking, wow, what are these questions about? And cool, <laughs> California, I can do that. <laughs> what, what was it that, that finally caused you to maybe get real with this process and realize that God had a, a, a new chapter for you here?
3: Wow. Um, I think that was a big part of counseling was kind of getting through the root of it, of kind of why I started drinking, why like a lot of insecurities I had a lot and that i wasn 't aware of that I just drank away, so i wouldn 't have to feel those i wouldn 't have to feel inferior to my family to my brothers i wouldn't i could I could be myself i uh at the bars i wasn 't the preacher 's daughter, I was myself, you know, so a lot of reasons of why I drank that I never knew why.
0: And they say we have to reach our bottom or have to hit the wall. Yeah, do you remember that point? What What was that point for you, Joy?
3: Uh, I think that was sitting in jail. Okay, <laughs> and then you know having to call my mom the next mm-hmm. morning. That was yeah. really hard to do because I I try to keep that life so separate from my family.
1: You know, Joy, and I think probably you have you have some some good wisdom here to impart, and and maybe you can speak just briefly to parents or or family. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, who have a loved one who's involved in, a, in an addiction, what would you say to them? I mean, you got a couple of choices. Ignore it, uh, get mad, angry, and, and disconnect. I mean, there are a lot of options that, that don't help, but, but let's talk about options that, that you feel are really good that uh, can really help someone who, who, uh, who is up against an addiction. Mm-hmm. And, and what does a family do that's effective?
3: Man, uh, ask questions. Mm. Ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Even if the person in the addiction feels uncomfortable, keep asking. Mm. I wasn't asked. Um, you know, find out why because there's, there's, there's like a deeper issue and drinking is just a symptom. Mm. You know, figure out what it is.
1: So those questions would have benefited you early on? Yeah, if
3: I didn't hide it from them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And and hard for them to know, right? Yeah. I mean, you were, you, were, you were pretty expert at hiding the addiction.
3: Yes. And I didn't I didn't live in the same city as them, so it okay. was easier. And and look, if you live in the same home, look for for the signs of use.
1: Let's talk about that a little bit. What what should what, people what be I... looking for?
3: Hmm. I think Dennis can help me with this one. All right. He would know more.
1: <laughs> Dennis uh, also a, a drug and alcohol counselor, right? and yes. uh, talk to, talk a little bit about the the signs that that people can look for. I mean, if, they, if they're brave enough to ask the questions, let's look at for look for the reasons to ask the questions.
4: Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the age of the person. Um, if it's a uh, someone in in school still. You look for dropping in their grades, mm. um, being sick all the time, mm. uh, the eyes, as I say, are the window to the soul. You can tell a lot by looking at a person's mm. eyes. Are they glassy? Are they, what are the pupils doing? Are they reacting to light? Um, a loss of interest in normal activities. Um, sleep patterns change.
1: Um, Well, and this requires that uh, those who are in the home uh, are are interested in the person and paying attention, right? I would imagine, uh, Dennis and, and Mike, that's often a problem if... Nobody's watching. Nobody really cares, nobody cares and, and, right, and the person right. kind of just uh, fades into the sunset, right? Or if Why? the rest of
0: the family's drinking along with that person, that you know, yeah, you're absolutely. just enabling one, you know, each other to do that. Well,
4: I was told uh, just recently that uh, one of the the causes of addiction is, you know, what addiction boils down to is a consequence of. And a solution for failed relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you spending enough time with your kids? Are you asking the tough questions? Um,
1: well, and and Mike, I think built into the name of this ministry, prodigal sons and daughters, is uh, is the fact that family needs to be involved
3: Absolutely. and uh, just yes. uh, we,
1: we're going to come up in the break here in just a, a, a second or two but talk a little bit about the importance of family being involved somehow in this process and how, how that benefits the purpose uh, the person that's struggling with an addiction
5: well it's, it's a huge part of it especially with the young people the adolescents it really comes to a point where we're almost just treating the family a lot of young people you know they haven't reached those consequences that that many adults do and with with use of alcohol and drugs so they're they're receiving benefits that's not kid there's benefits to using it for some of some of the the young adults so to to working with the family is is a huge part of our program Dennis uh, leads that leads that group and um it is a it is a key and and that love too that often does not get uh, expressed does not get told in our daily lives just doesn't get to be shared until it comes. This stuff is exposed. Uh, God's presence is there, and then that love is felt, and and they get to hear it too.
1: I would imagine there's an element of denial on the part of. Many parents and, and, and families. oh, this is embarrassing. I'm going to deal with this, or sure. you know, it's in front of me, but I, I don't want it to be. You know, so I, I would imagine that that you have uh, a challenge there with many families just dealing with the reality of what is. Sure. And it, it looks like uh, Kay wants yeah, to jump Yeah, I here. think you, you hit, hit a real nerve quick. when you said <laughs> denial there,
0: Mike, and, and K really related to that. Hi, Kay. Welcome, uh, and thank you for coming to the show. You 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 seem to react to the word denial. It's not a river in Egypt, is it? No. <laughs> That's not <laughs> no, no.
2: and um I reacted to that so much because I was forty eight years old when mm. I first got into recovery. Yeah. And denial um was such a big part of my life. Yeah. And you know, I I didn't need help, I could do without it, I played all the little games, um so long as I wasn't taking it home with me. You know, I was fine, I wasn't needing it. And and then the next thing you know, I'm back to using it, and I can control it. And so, yeah, denial was just a huge part of my life. Until? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Until I um, finally said, it's enough. And my marriage was about... um, to what I believe really going to end, and I didn't want that to happen, mm. and I knew the path that I was going down was no good, and um, so I decided to quit and went in to talk to the pastor, and before I left the Lady of uh, Women's Ministries, she had me call Ken with Prodigal Sons and Daughters, mm-hmm. and at the time, I only thought it was for kids, so well, that kind of left me out. And um, before I left that day, I gave him a call and and went to a meeting the following Tuesday. So, wow, well,
0: and so your life has has uh, changed. Uh, ever since,
2: oh, definitely changed, yeah. definitely changed. Yeah. Um Great. I have a husband that I love with all my heart, that I look forward to seeing come home instead of walking out the door. Yeah. And um, life is awesome. I I never thought it would be like this. Look at that smile. Yeah.
0: Amen. Yeah.
1: And just uh, but just before we head into the break here, uh, from from a pastor's perspective, I, I want to say, friends, lest we be a little judgmental here. If you name the name of Jesus Christ, you are in recovery. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, our separation from God is, you know, puts us in that. So, so we're all in the process of, of, of recovery, and and how the church responds to addictions is crucial today. So many times things are swept under the rug. So many things, uh, times uh, things aren't aren't addressed, and even if there's a willingness, there's also. An aspect of being equipped and having the resources, A, to recognize, and Dennis, we were just uh, talking about that just a, a, a moment ago, uh, to recognize symptoms, but also to have the equipping to know where to refer people. And so we're going to be talking after the break here a little bit about how powerful it is for the church and a ministry like Prodigal Sons and uh, Prodigal Sons and Daughters to partner together and be willing to share resources and recognize that no one entity can do do it all. And, and God has plopped a tremendous, tremendous help ministry here in the Central Valley, and uh, we'll talk more about that in just a moment.
0: You know, anyone who has ever gone through uh, a life-changing transformation uh, like the one we've been talking about here tonight will understand our musical guest lyrics in this week's song from Matt Marr called Alive Again here on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back.
5: I woke up in darkness Surrounded by silence so oh, where Where have I gone? I woke to reality Losing its grip on me Oh where Where have I gone? I can see the light
4: Before I see the sunrise
2: You call
5: me so long.
0: Great to be alive again. That's Matt Marr here on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our special friends from Prodigal Sons and Daughters. Isn't that great?
1: You know, Elaine, I was thinking back. Uh, I was a, a staff pastor at a, at a large church here in Modesto about 15, 16 years ago, and kind of sitting there, fat, dumb, and happy, not knowing what I was doing, <laughs> you know, in, in, in my office. And then walks uh, a guy that uh, was a mutual uh, friend, or uh, he was a mutual friend of, of a friend of mine, and uh, his name was Ken Muirs. And and he walks in and and uh, we you know we just immediately connected, and I uh, said so th- this guy's the real deal, you know, and and he's he's got uh, um, a, a pure heart for the hurting. He's been there, done that, been through the struggles, and and just has a a, a calling. To help others, and and it's interesting how God uses you know the yucky stuff in our lives and leverages it later, mm-hmm. so that uh, that we can help uh, we can help others and and help you have and uh, just let me go over some of the uh, objectives of prodigal sons and daughters, and then we'll talk a, a little bit about how churches can partner, how people can partner with prodigal sons and daughters, and and uh, about some of the specific helps that are available. The objectives to facilitate recovery from and prevention of addiction and compulsive behaviors for people of all ages, assist individuals, families, and organizations in coping with fundamental problems that lead to addiction, provide support and education for family members of addicts, and to bridge individuals back into healthy support systems. And that's so crucial, isn't it, Mike? I mean, we we can experience some, some healing Uh, But if we go back to the old hood and back to the old uh, ways of doing things, we can land right back where we were, can't we? You bet. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the specific (coughs) helps that that you provide. You have uh, quite a few uh, support group meetings. Unpack that for us a little bit.
5: Yes, we do. um, Well, starting with Monday night, it's our our young person's group, and that's (coughs) the original group of prodigals. Uh, was for the young people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so coinciding with that we have family support at the same time we have two different meeting rooms that they meet in and um so you know it's most effective when young people speak with other young people dealing with the issue
1: absolutely And, and dennis you're involved with some of the families right
4: yes um i i facilitate the family support group um and I think before I I get into that, you mentioned Ken and Jane, uh-huh. and uh, yes, love when them coming into the ministry. And, mm-hmm. and earlier you'd said that there's big changes going on at Powerful Sons and Daughters. Uh-huh. But I think although there are some big changes going on, um, meeting wise and and outreach wise, um, Mike and I both tried to keep that consistent the way it was modeled to us Mm -hmm. you know ken would come at you with truth and love yeah and sometimes it hurt Mm -hmm. Um, so we tried to keep that same truth and love in how we relate to
1: kind of how Jesus deals with us isn't it?
4: Yeah Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dennis talk a little bit about uh, what, what happens in some of those support group meetings especially with, with the families well, what could a family expect on uh, one of those support group evenings
4: um, f- support first and foremost um, finding out that they aren't the only one that is going through something like this um, you mentioned denial earlier and that is a huge part of what we have to get through. Um, people feel a loss of just the way they thought their life was supposed to go through. So there is, you know, a grieving. Grief. I was thinking has that to, yes. has to happen.
0: And Dennis, isn't it nice to know you're not going through some of this stuff by yourself?
4: It's it's key, yeah. I think, because yeah. we can just isolate ourselves and and hope that it goes away. We are not an island. Does.
0: You know, we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to have relationships and to relate with others, aren't we? Yeah, girls are shaking their heads. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> we are so relational. Yes. Isolation
2: okay. kept
1: me in my addiction. Yes. Mm. yes, Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the group dynamic. And, of course, uh, there, there needs to be a safe place where people can, when, once once they get to that point, be real and uh, be safe. And, and talk a little bit about what Prodigal Sons and Daughters does to ensure that, that safety where good, real stuff can happen. And, and we can talk turkey of it. It's kind of a Thanksgiving theme there. Anyway, talk turkey about what's going on.
2: Well, as Dennis said, um, we've tried to to keep the same thing going as what Ken and Jane started in their their house together, and that is to to love the addict unconditionally, and uh, we're not there to judge anybody, we're not there to fix anybody. Um, God is God is who fixed me it it wasn't wasn 't anybody here now He did put people into place, mm. and those were the people Ken and Jane at Prodigals and mm. the family there too the one of the first things that I was told when I walked into the room was, "Let us love you until you learn to love yourself." Mm. Yeah. That was a big thing because at that time, I was worthless in my eyes. Yeah. I didn't like myself, so there was no possible way that I could love myself. Mm-hmm. And just to know that what you say in the meeting and who is in the meeting it stays confidential. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no dating. There's no interaction. Uh, women call women. Men call men. And you can feel safe in that aspect there.
1: You know those boundaries are are so important. Uh, you know, I, w- one of the one of the problems, you know, and I suppose it's a good problem to deal with, but are, are people's best intentions? Um, but you know, especially in ministry, you get that cross pollinization going of of a man dealing with a female or a female dealing with a man, and the enemy can just take that and and blow the whole thing apart, can he? Yeah, it can. Yeah, those boundaries are, are absolutely uh I- important. And uh Joy, maybe uh, you can weigh in on this uh, a a little bit. There There's a word you used there just a, a couple of moments ago and that was the word fix. And uh so often, you know, in 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 ministry, people want to go and fix somebody else. You know, and, and you know, dogs and cats get fixed. We don't we don't fi- <laughs> you know, fix each other. We you know, we really need to allow Jesus to do the, the healing. We are really the instruments uh, in, hand, in, in his hand. Talk a, a little bit, Joy, about the, uh, the importance of understanding the family member's role hmm. in helping the person through the process. What what, what are some of the shoulds and what are some of the should-nots for family members helping someone through this process?
3: Hmm. Well, I think Dennis would definitely say this is number one. <clears throat> Make your boundaries and stick to them. Hmm. Because, you know, if you don't, you're enabling them, you're allowing them to stay in your home or you're giving them money or, you know, things like that stick to your boundaries. And it, and it has to be tough love sometimes. Mm-hmm. You just can't give in to it because as addicts, I know I am the master manipulator. I will do what I can to get what I need. And if that's to bring my family down, then I will do it. I think that tough love that Dennis was talking about
0: uh, in regard to Ken is so important. I think that's what Ken does so well, is that tough love, because he definitely loves you. And no, how often absolutely. do you guys get to touch base with Ken? Does he Oh, stay? almost every week. Good, well, good. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that.
1: Throw around some of these terms, uh, and, you know, it seems like in, in, uh, in the helps, Area um, terms have have lifetimes, you know, and codependency was a buzzword for a while. I remember first when, um, um, you know, I'm, the memory thing is starting to really. Well, it's you know by those it's AARP, nice. AARP people. I don't, don't, don't bring AARP up the. Do, you know, I'm in denial about well, it's AARP. Either that or the quit, turkey thing. Quit I se- sending me those cards about getting old. I am just not dealing with that. It's three, that denial thing, girls. Well.
0: He's just fine.
1: All right, but it, no, really. AARP there's does a great a, there's job. There's a
0: support group with meetings for I, you,
1: Mike. <laughs> I'm just not <laughs> dealing with the I'll mail I get from them. You know what's what with step that?
0: is that, Dennis? I'm
1: not. That's step 13 for me. Uh, no, step
0: with, 13 is a whole different thing. Yeah. You, <laughs> go there. you don't want to go there.
4: I, I think soon. that would qualify as step one.
1: <laughs> Admitting we are powerless. Uh, amen. And, and, and getting older, I yeah. think, is, is one of those deals. But, uh, you, know, so we're talk- you know, the manic depressive thing. When, when that first started to hit, uh, hit newspapers and magazines, you know, everybody, I mean, people were streaming into my office. I'm bipolar. You know, and every other person that came in had self-diagnosed that they were bipolar. So one of the dangers is people kind of glom onto what's cool at the moment to be, mm-hmm. you know, and then families start throwing around these terms, and we can really get wrapped around the axle. So important, though, to understand what's really going on, and I think uh, one, one of the cool things here is that, uh, you know, pe- people in this room have been through, uh addictions that you know you you understand the uh, the dynamics you understand what's real about it and and now God is using you in a powerful way and and leveraging what was once a, a burden and an ugly thing now is leveraging leveraging that in a powerful way to uh, to help others mike let 's talk a, a little bit about that um, how How can people enter this uh this system let's say it 's a church and and they 're saying wow man i don't know anything about this you know and and well we don 't we don't have the resources we don 't have the staff we don't have the money. How can churches partner with Prodigal Sons and Daughters to deal with the issues that are that are sitting in their pews on Sundays?
5: Well, you bet. There's there are several ways, and the first one is just get a hold of us.
0: And how can they do that? Let's get that out there. Yeah.
5: Well, um, <laughs> www.prodigalsonsanddaughters.org is our website. Okay. Uh, Prodigals, welcome at gmail.com is our email, and our phone number is two zero nine six three four three five three eight. Getting holes there. We often go to churches. We'll present to them. We'll set up a, a little booth out outside their service, and and uh, have information for them. And, and we often meet with pastors, and um, you know, we definitely partner with them. They they they. We have several churches that support us financially. Mm-hmm.
0: I was gonna say, did your money grow on trees? Ours it, doesn't. It does not. <laughs> it does not
5: grow on trees. Ours
1: doesn't <laughs> even grow on burning bushes. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of hard to find. <laughs> um,
5: yeah, we are supported by local churches um, and and uh, citizens and and businesses, and, and that's it. No government funding, or anything like that. We've been around 15 years and and continue to grow.
1: And let me let me give out that contact information again, friends, in case you're interested. And remember, many of you are outside of the uh, Central Valley, not to mention outside of California,
0: outside the uh, United but, States too. So that's yeah. right,
1: yeah. or. Outside of the world, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at tonight, really spaced out. But Prodigal Sons and Daughters, if you're interested, here's here's the uh, website. It's www.prodigalsonsanddaughters.org, prodigalsonsanddaughters.org. And here's the phone number again. It's area code 209-634-3538. That's 209-634-3538. Just curious uh, mike as as you're talking to churches and pastors uh, for the first time what, what are some of the obstacles that that sometimes you have to face in, in convincing that a pastor or a church that this is a good thing yeah well,
5: first off is the stigmatism that comes along with alcohol and yeah. drugs mm-hmm. uh, you know that um, so that, that 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 brings a lot to the table when you're dealing with that but when it really comes down to the Jesus and, and that he came for the hurting um, that's us and so you know th- that is an obstacle um,
1: I think one of the one of the challenges uh, having been part of both mega churches and, and small churches is realizing that God doesn't call us to do everything. Mm. And with, with the blessing, uh, in a mega church, you, you have the, the lie sometimes that we have to do everything, you know, that we can do it all. And, uh, you know, that's not the body of Christ working together. I mean, there's hands, there's feet, there's toes, there's ears. And, and, uh, so each Each part of the body of Christ, big or small, is a radically important body uh, part of the body, and we need to be uh, we need to be working together. Um, What what are what are some of the things that uh, the churches can do as aside from from uh, inviting you in? What are some of the things that churches can do to make their people more aware? of the addictive cycle and, uh, some of these wonderful ministries like, like yours that are out there. What, what are some of the things you would incur, pa- you would encourage pastors and, and churches to do to kind of raise awareness of, of, uh, some of the issues that they need to be dealing with?
5: Well, just educate yourself on, on, on what, you know, that it is a huge problem and in churches too. And, you know, in, in, in those pews, there's someone who's suffering. Mm-hmm. There's someone Absolutely, who knows someone who's suffering. Yes. You know, and with those those youth groups, and it's not a secret, drugs get passed around in youth groups, you know. And and you guys,
0: yeah, in the month of December, as we go into the holidays, holidays are really difficult for addicts and and alcoholics. Um, What can you do? How do you encourage people during this season that is, you know, oftentimes difficult? And do you guys have some special things going on in December? I think you were mentioning during the song that... You know, you have sure. some special things in December. Talk about
5: that. Holidays are really tough times. Um, and, and and particular, addictions, uh, people who are addicted will tend to use more during those times and during those tough times. So, you know, I would just encourage the ones that are hurting us to get support. Give us a call. Uh, call your local recovery center. Um, you know, get a support group. Uh, call your church. Um, yeah, we have our... Um, our Christmas dinner is December 9th at New Life Christian Center in Turlock, California at 6 o'clock. And uh, we also, uh, this time of year, is our biggest fundraiser of the year. It's December matching. So we have a donor who will match funds given in December. Ooh, that's awesome. a biggie. So yeah. You bet. And uh, so we are, um, it, it, it's a time of, uh, you know, asking for money for us. And, and so that's that's uh, can be difficult. and But, you know, um
0: you know, we, we think of December as being a time of giving. Everybody's giving, right? You bet. Yeah. So yeah. why not give to something that really...
5: A- you know, I, I'm not ashamed to ask because we have a great product. Yeah. Hmm. We have the, pro- the product of a, a redemptive life, of grace, mm-hmm, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. we got a, a product of a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. and um, So...
4: I think it's important to mention, too, that all our services are free of charge. Free, don't we love that word, Um, free, yes. One-on-one counseling. I think that little aspect of it was the only thing that got me into recovery, that there was no charge for the longest time. Were you down and out, Dennis? For the longest time, I didn't think I could afford to get clean. Wow. Wow. It was just that insanity that was telling me that, you know, I I had to stay loaded. I couldn't afford to get clean. Well,
0: if you're a heroin addict, it's it costs a lot to keep the addiction going. I know a guy who had a habit of I mean, he was like eight hundred dollars a day. That's that's pretty huge. You know. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. You know, you're you're mentioning the uh, the stigma. Stigmatism that, that's often involved, um, as far as churches are concerned. And, and, you know, friends, the reality is, I don't care where your church is, you're dealing with addictions, uh, in the pews. Mm-hmm. It, it's just there. You know, the question is, are you going to let God, uh, allow you, or are you going to give him permission to deal with it or, or not? Uh, and, and to do that, it really requires that we take a, a very non-judgmental, uh, stance. And I was thinking of uh, something we studied not too long ago, uh, mm-hmm. Elaine, in First Corinthians, and Paul was talking <clears throat> about this issue of judging, and, and some of it was attached to the fact that he was being judged um, by others. And, and uh, in Ephesians, uh, or rather First Corinthians, uh, chapter four, around uh, uh, verse four, he says, uh, and I'm reading here from Eugene Peterson's uh, version of the message: "So don't get ahead of the master." and jump to conclusions with your judgments before all the evidence is in. When he comes, he will bring out in the open and place in evidence all kinds of things we never dreamed of, inner motives and purposes and prayers. Only then will any one of us get to hear the well done of God. And that is so important. Uh, I I remember I was talking to a... uh, um, some pastors, uh, many years ago, and I was talking about the importance of a recovery ministry that they were looking at. And, and one of the guys, and he was being honest, he says, Well, yeah, but think of, Who that's going to bring into our church. I'm going, duh. I mean, isn't that the point? You know, but, but, and and I don't really want to make light of that, but I I think as we, uh, as we get real about what's in the pews and and dealing with what Jesus wants us to deal with, we also have to say we need to put aside our prejudices. We need to put aside the, the denial and we have to be ready for what is going to come. Down as as a result of our uh, of, of our decision here to get real, mm. and we need to be okay about opening the doors to people who don't look like, smell like, act like, drink like, uh, you know, eat like, uh, speak like us. We have to be ready for who God is is going to bring us, and sometimes that can be somewhat of a culture shock, you know, to a ministry that's that's not used to that. Um, you
0: know, How are we doing? Right? we we're, we're bumping the I clock. Know, are, God's time okay. is
1: eternal, ours is not. And and Kay is waving at me. Here. Yeah, I know you wants got a to there. say something.
2: Yeah, I actually want to speak now. Um, <laughs> Go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sat in those pews for a long time, mm. every Sunday, trapped in my addiction. Mm. And um, not wanting to let anybody know. Hiding from it. Mm-hmm. Even though I might end up on those Sunday mornings stoned. And... Um, You know, I just can't imagine that I was the only one sitting in those pews that was trapped in my addiction, afraid to let anybody know because afraid of what they might think of me. That's right. And That's right. I just want to let people know out there that are struggling with that same problem that it was so freeing for me to finally yes. come out of denial and say, I am a drug addict, Amen. and uh, God, I need your help. Mm.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: Amen. you. Yes. Mike, we've, uh, God's time is eternal, but ours is not. Unfortunately, we're bumping the clock just a little bit. How can people pray uh, for you and, and prodigal sons and daughters in a very specific and, and effective way?
5: You know, praying for our leadership, praying mm. for our board, mm. praying for the decisions that we make, that they're, they're, um, you know, it is all God's will. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, And praying for the hurting oh. Praying for those mm-hmm. prodigals that have not found their way home yet
1: Amen Friends, here's uh, the information again Prodigalsonsanddaughters.org Prodigalsonsanddaughters.org And if uh, you'd like to talk to Mike or, or Dennis uh, Kay or Joy And, and uh, re- really get into the reality of uh, what this requires And the blessing it can be Here's the phone number 209-634-3538
0: Mike, Dennis Kay and Joy everybody at Prodigal Sons and Daughters please give Ken and Jane and Zach our love, you guys are doing wonderful work, thank you for how you reach out and love your neighbors as you love yourselves and dear friends listening at home wherever you are listening, thank you for sharing a part of your lives with us here at Lighthouse Live and advancing vibrant communities until next time thank you and God bless you